we're already live. Hold on, my hair's a mess. There, now I look pretty. Now I don't look pretty. Now I look. Now I don't look pretty. We are uh, live. <laughs> we are live, ladies and gentlemen. We are live on Facebook Live. We are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, and just right now, we're also going live on YouTube. And good afternoon, and welcome to. Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you six days a week, Mountain Standard Time, 2 p.m. Uh, we are your daily distraction of the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, for strictly for your listening pleasure. YouTube Comedy Schools, we get a vast panoramic view of a very my very messy home office slash studio uh, slash hideaway, slash uh, museum. And, of course, we come to you here on Facebook Live. Uh, the show is built around uh, three tent poles. It is built around uh, your questions and comments, as you question and comment here on one of the aforementioned social media sites. Uh, oftentimes, I have some knick-knack or doodad that I uh, weave a uh, story around um, that I share with you visually. And verbally. Uh, and also, uh, we recommend one artist or one piece of music of our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. Uh, it is um, Wednesday, December 2nd. Christmas is slowly creeping upon us. You know that. You know that. You know? Um, I don't know. <coughs> I don't know how this one's shaping out shopping-wise. Um you know what I did for many years um, in my 40s, 50s, uh, was uh, I waited till almost the last day. Now, when I was living uh, alone, I wouldn't live alone, I had my daughter, but um, I would go uh, shopping on almost like the second to the last day. Matter of fact, I did that most of my life. I did most of my Christmas shopping like on December 23rd or even the morning of the 24th and just did it all in one fell swoop. And that worked for me for a long time. And then one day I was in my 50s, I just found it too uh, irritating and I was getting tired. Age, age caused me to become a better planner and to spread out the shopping a little bit. And of course, now we have online shopping. So uh, I think the majority of the shopping that uh, Shirley and I will be doing will be uh, online. Uh, but you need to let us know if you've been a good boy or good girl and if we should get you something for uh, Christmas. And uh, we will certainly look into doing that. Um, like I said, it's uh, to, uh, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. You know, I can't believe it's uh, tomorrow. It's already been an entire week since Thanksgiving. Have you eaten all of your uh, bird yet? Is all of your turkey gone? All your stuffing gone? All your gravy? Uh, are you still working on leftovers? Do you feel guilty right now? I would. I feel guilty. Uh, I never was big on wasting food, and I also realized that because of a somewhat middle-class lifestyle, a lot of what I consider to be uh, stuff to be wasted, that uh, if we were uh, living more financially challenged and came from a more financially challenged culture, even though we did come from a financially challenged culture, I wouldn't even be wasting that. Like when you cut an onion and you cut the two tops off, you know, or the... Uh, uh, you know, the tail and the head of the onion are, and you just throw that away. Well, yeah, I mean, if you were really, really broke, you wouldn't throw that away. You'd, throw that, you'd, you'd save those up and throw them in a pot and make some onion soup. 
But uh, I especially uh, feel guilty about throwing away uh, large amounts of prepared food, you know, uh, leftovers that you leave in the refrigerator too long and you don't eat. You know, sometimes I think uh, for me when I get in a cooking mode and I'm cooking a lot, I will, uh, then it just becomes more about the cooking than the food and I always make way too much. I still, I, I still cook like I'm cooking for an army. There's a couple things. I'm, I'm a pretty good cook. My wife is a great cook. I'm a good cook. Okay. Uh, there's a couple things I make great. Uh, there's two things I have not learned how to do. I've not learned how to cook for two or one. And I haven't learned how to make anything that isn't fattening. Everything I make is delicious because it's fattening. Fattening food. So um, even I, uh, I made the turkey this year. Primarily made the turkey. There's not a lot to make in a turkey. People don't see, understand it. You got to thaw it out, you know, and then there's that whole wash it and pat it down dry. I don't know what the hell that's about. I'm sitting there slapping a dead animal. Uh, then you stuff it. There's some tricks to the stuffing, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay. And you put it in a big pan, put it in there, you know, get your oven preheated, set your, your temperature, and then my secret to a delicious turkey is basted it every 20 minutes with butter. And I mean, you're melting butter and basted it with that butter. Okay, so 20 minutes, three times an hour, six hours, 18 times, you're hitting that bird with the butter. You know, that's where you got, you've got a pretty fattening turkey. There's no other way to put it, but it is delicious. Everybody eats my turkey, even if they don't say the word like that, even if they, if they don't call it delicious. Well, they do. They do. So uh, we still have some of this fattening uh, dead animal in our refrigerator. And uh, today was the first time that Shirley and I ate something in a restaurant or from a restaurant since um, since before Thanksgiving. But just finally had to have something besides, you know, turkey sandwich, turkey and eggs, turkey as a side dish, turkey as an entree, you know, uh, but uh, uh, we did that. Hello to Kevin Roberts. Hello to my brother Jerry. Hello to all the um, uh, living on a thin line family beginning to gather and make a gathering of the tribe. Um, so I taught my workshop last night, which is always a lot of fun. I teach, uh, currently, I teach the live in-person version of my workshop at JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona. Exciting announcement about New Year's Eve at JP's. Kevin Roberts says turkey and spam. I'd try it. Kevin, I would try it. I've tried spam. I don't hate it. It just doesn't do anything for me. You know, I mean, as far as, you know, that sort of low-end food, I'll take pickle loaf over spam any day of the week. I'll tell you that right now. New Year's Eve, Jim Perry and I will be performing at J.P.'s Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com. Now, the pandemic is still going on, and... Uh, Shirley and I are really, 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 uh, I think of all the people that we know in our immediate families in Arizona, except for maybe her parents uh, who are in their 90s, but uh, of all the people that we know that we're probably, except for her daughter, one of her daughters, are being the most mindful of uh, uh, safety protocols. Mindful of safety protocols. Okay? Um, the one thing I have been doing 
is teaching one live in-person class. I got to be spread out real good. You got to wear a mask. You get up, move around. And uh, I will be doing a show New Year's Eve at JP's Comedy Club with safe social distancing. Okay. Uh, plenty of space between seats. Mask required. Plenty of hand sanitizer. Um, we have measured it out. Uh, when we're on stage, we're at least 12 feet away from uh, any of the uh, the patrons. You know what it's become like? Um, that's the rule in a lot of uh, places that are allowing uh, entertainment on a stage to be performed. That you have to be 12 feet away from the nearest customer. And we'll be doing that New Year's Eve. So if, you're, if you want to get out New Year's Eve and you want to get out as safely as possible... Um, JP's Comedy Club is going to have something for you. And you find out about that by going to jpscomedyclub.com, where this weekend they got Manny Hernandez, very funny guy. So check it out. Um, that 12-foot rule reminds me of when I was a young guy. Sometimes you'd walk into a uh, funky old bar in a seedy part of town. Okay? Funky old bar in a seedy part of town. And they'd have what they call a horseshoe bar. And a horseshoe bar is shape, a bar that's shaped like a horseshoe. You know, so it, it comes around. I mean, it, it, it's like a half of a circle. Okay, and the bartender's back there, and he's working that whole half circle. And behind the bartender was another horseshoe that was raised up about six, eight, about six feet. It was raised up six to eight feet. It was a stage, and there was a curtain behind it oftentimes. And that's used to be what strip clubs were like. Used to be if you went to a strip club in the 40s or 50s or 60s, even in this, uh, a good part of the 70s, the dancer had to be that far away from the patrons. And I wonder, I wonder if any of that was left over from previous pandemics. I mean, I, some of it was left over from social cultural mores, but uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but... Um, during World War I, of course, there was a huge outbreak of uh, what was called the Spanish flu. It was Spain, nobody had the flu in Spain, but somehow Spain actually was reporting on it because it didn't have news blackouts. Uh, no papers in the United States were. So it got dubbed the Spanish flu. But also during that time, there was a great uh, venereal disease breakout, a massive one. In the United States. And one of the areas that had the uh, largest outbreak of syphilis and gonorrhea of anywhere in the United States was in New Orleans, where they were uh, doing a huge amount of basic training and a huge amount of uh, staging for military, uh, young military men to go off to Europe to the war. And a massive venereal disease outbreak. Now, at that time, prostitution was, uh, I think, legal, or at least so loosely uh, enforced that it was uh, basically legal in uh, New Orleans. Sin City. Sin City. And because of that venereal disease outbreak, they really cracked down on prostitution in uh, New Orleans, in Louisiana. Uh, I mean, seriously cracked down. It made it illegal. Uh, at one time, things like that were 
you know, this country goes through uh, certain waves of, uh, of uh, very, being very libertine and then being very prudish. Very libertine and very prudish. And that was the beginning of uh, that sort of uh, prudish era or non-libertine era in the United States. Now, they still were able to have dance places, but I think the way they worked it out was, all right, you know, so then, you know, uh, w women couldn't go out and freely circulate on the floor, you know, uh, uh, dressed, you know, in stripper costumes, whatever they were, tassels on their nipples and whatnot. So they, uh, I think that it was starting around that time, okay, um, that uh, they started having those sort of rules and regulations but as the 70s began to roll around, um, those rules and regulations really started to fall apart. You know, it really started people going, why are we doing this? This is ridiculous. You know, and uh, uh, the uh, morals of the time became uh, much freer. Notice I'm not going to say looser. I'm not going to say uh, uh, they were wrong. They were just freer. And now we're kind of reverting back to a less free time morally, and part of it has to do with disease. Sometimes you look at the rise of religion in America, our real conservative laws, and uh, they dovetail with a, a couple of things. They do the population and some sort of uh, a rampant disease, whether it's something like, a, a, uh, something like Spanish flu or like what we have currently with COVID uh, or venereal disease, you know, large breakouts of that. And it really changes and modifies behavior. And a lot of the ways you can get people to modify their behavior is through guilt, you know, and use morality. So, New Year's Eve, I'll be on stage like an old stripper. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what we were talking about there. Hello, Dutch Shell. Hello, Todd Fisher. Hello, everyone. Oh, hello to all of you old strippers. Um, what have I got for you today music-wise? I might want to, like, uh, double back on something here. I was going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with this, okay? Uh, right, can I? I'm going to see if I want to do this right. Um, no, 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 no. I don't think... I don't think that I have the information here. I want it on these particular songs. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I'm saving that for tomorrow. Saving that for tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, na, na, na. Uh, no, we're not going to go with that. I'm just... You know what? I should have been more prepared today, but I had to go to the doctor today. So I wasn't really, like, preparing for the show. I had to go to the doctor. Uh, I'm getting, like, a complete heart checkup. Complete heart checkup. And first off, you know, the, the common joke is, wait a minute, you go to heart? Uh, I'm getting a complete heart checkup. Um, so, um, and then um, Shirley and I uh, grabbed a bite to eat. So I literally walked into the house. So I wasn't totally uh, prepared for what we're doing here. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I don't know if I have a song. For, I don't know if I got an album for you guys today. I might be totally lost. Uh, I'm looking for something I haven't uh, done before that might be fun. Just hold on with me. Hold on. Bear with me, everyone. Uh, I don't want to go with that year. 
Uh, let's see what else I got here. Uh -huh. All right, we'll go with this. We've talked about this before. We'll talk about it again. Um, this is a collection of uh, CDs that I have that I started collecting. I don't have all of them. Okay, I don't. Uh, this is the uh, 70s. Uh, this is a, um, there's a bonus trivia game included in this. Original recordings, original artists, 1975, volume one, A Year in the Life. So here were the songs that they chose when they put together this CD uh, compilation. It's put together by um, One Way. I don't know who put these together. I just started finding them in a music store at one time and started buying them. But here's a bit together. Sweet, these songs of 19, the songs of 1975. Sweet, Ballroom Blitz, Jigsaw, Sky High, Pilot, Magic, Grand Funk Railroad, Some Kind of Wonderful, where right around the time Grand Funk was becoming some kind of terrible. Linyard Skinyard, Freebird, Jefferson Starship Miracles, Glenn Campbell, Rhinestone Cowboy, Tavares, It Only Takes a Little World, a little While, It Only Takes a Minute, It Only Takes a Minute, It Only Takes a Minute, girl, to fall in love. Michael Martin Murphy, Wildfire, and Sugar Loaf, Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. So it's quite an eclectic mix from an iconic southern rock boogie uh, gender-defining def uh, song like Freebird to something like uh, Tavares's It Only Takes a Minute, which, uh, no knock on Tavares, but it just, you know, that's just pop pablum, all right? Uh, and also as uh, Jefferson Star, as uh, Leonard Skinner was rising up, we began to see Jefferson Starship begin to sink down. We began to see Jefferson Airplane, which had been one of the most innovative, interesting, and fascinating conglomeration of musicians from the mid-60s all the way up until the early 70s, begin to slowly fall apart under the weight of acrimony, uh, uh, drug use, uh, egos, alcoholism, and, um, and uh, dwindling creativity. But they did manage in 1975 to put together one of the coolest and greatest love songs of the era. And that song was Miracles. This is a Marty Ballin tune. Marty Ballin. By the way, Cheryl, that's a, that's a song we'll feature today. We're going to feature Jefferson Starship's um, um, Miracles. All right? It's a Marty Ballin tune. A lot of times when you think of Jefferson Airplane, uh, you think about Grace Slick. That's who you think about. She was the iconic uh, super chick of the 60s. Uh, Janis Joplin was a great singer, but uh, a lot of people thought that she was not physically as attractive as uh, one would hope. <laughs> Although she did sleep with Chris. Chris Christopherson slept with her, so what the hell? If Chris thought she was good, she must be good. Uh, but Grace Slick, of course, was the uh, former model turned singer uh, who joined up with uh, Jefferson Airplane and help rocket them into superstardom. This uh, uh, deep-voiced, serious-faced, extremely pretty front lady for uh, what was an incredible group of musicians, Yarma Kakawin and uh, Jack Cassidy and Paul Kattner and Marty Ballin and uh, revolving drummers. Uh, but uh, by 1975, that had changed quite a bit. And Jefferson Starship, which was an offshoot of Airplane, um, and was uh, boldly innovative with their first album, Blows Against the Empire, 
which is a stunningly exciting, uh, wild experiment in psychedelic jazz, pop, and rock, all mixed around one particular theme, had become a pop band. And Marty Ballin, who was the male singer in Jefferson Airplane, uh, pretty much was fronting things by that time. And he liked to pen soaring love songs. Well, Cantor and Slick like hard edge, cynical stuff. He wrote these beautiful, sweet melodies. Um, and the best one of them all, and one of my favorite songs, one of the most well-put-together songs of the era, is Miracles. So, Grace uh, Slick had said at one time, they said, what won't you do? She goes, I'll tell you what I won't do. I want everybody to stand on stage going, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. And on Miracles, her job is the chorus, like the backup singer part, going, ooh, baby, baby, oh, baby. But she does it in just a stunningly wonderful way that it is perfect. So if you're looking for a great pop tune, so I'm not recommending um, the albums, particularly from that time by Starship, but if you're looking for a great pop tune, one that's catchy, one that'll stay with you, one that's a great love song or a great expression of love, all right, um, just everything done right. You want to check out Miracles. Marty Ballin, who uh, my friend Lauren Taines, who uh, is the current owner of Barney's Beanery, uh, lived with for many years the drummer of, of Jefferson Starship from that time and was close friends with Marty Ballin and uh, was, uh, if not with him, then uh, on the phone with Marty's family right as he was passing on. Uh, was a real blow to her. So I kind of dedicate this to the owner of Barney's Beanery today, my friend Lauren, who was introduced to me, my friend Argus Hamilton, and all of my friends in Los Angeles who I miss oh so very much. I know you guys are suffering economically and culturally and health-wise more than we are in Arizona right now. And I just want you to know that we are all with you in spirit. All this division crap on TV, uh, people hating California, people hating this state and that state. It's stupid. It's goddamn stupid. Okay? And I just want all my friends in California, you know, all my friends up in the Bay Area and everyone, that uh, we're with you, with you in spirit, with you in heart with you in mind, if we can't be with you in body. And when this is over, we're all going to get together. And you know we'll have a good time then. You know we'll have a good time then. All right, that's our show for the day. I hope you enjoyed watching. I hope you enjoyed listening. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with more tales from yesteryear right here on Living on a Thin Line on Facebook Live, YouTube, and ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Bye-bye.